bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality to me. Two weeks, Memo. Two weeks. Two glorious. (laughs) I mean, I like to think of our two weeks Mm. like an unplanned pregnancy. Ooh. Because they were unplanned. Um, yes, that's and they true. were still very, very stressful, but also pleasant and filled with joy. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I didn't plan on getting pregnant. Right. Oh, can I do it? Can I truly be a mom? I don't know. Plus, I can't get an abortion anyway. Right. So I have to give birth. Gotta lean in. So I just need to lean in. Well, all right. I mean, yeah. Can I do it? I have no choice. Let me just fucking, <laughs> let me rock this shit. And let we, me rock this we shit. We rocked out with our cocks out. We did, basically we did, you moved. Yeah. Yeah. We moved your entire home. We moved our entire drug den, a.k.a. Yep. our podcast studio. Um a drug den is, a, is, is not easy to move, okay, people? And <laughs> no, not it is not. That, we were working full time on our friend Johnny's TV show. So I had one full day to uh, one full day to pack and bring things and whatever, whatever, and get ready for the movers. I had one day. And then because the full time job, you just can't, you cannot function. Can't do it. You cannot function. So I had one day, the movers came. Uh, we did the big furniture. I did as much as I could. I brought a ton of shit myself back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. There's still stuff over there. We got to get, and then we'll be done. It's insanity. I don't know how people with full I don't homes and kids. I don't know how they take care of children with a full-time job. I don't I know. I literally was like, I don't know. Showering, not going to do it. <laughs> Play, paying bills, not going to do it. <laughs> Talking to anyone, taking care of anything, taking care of myself. Mm. Nothing mm-hmm. could get in past the barrier of this job. Now, that could just be my uh, dedication to Johnny. And Your the work Go-Go ethic Boys. is really, yeah. it's really unlike. The work ethic is. The work ethic is strong. Something to be beholden. You did work very hard. But that said, I did make time for plenty of alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. I didn't let that go. That is one thing I made time for. Yeah. I mean. I made a lot of time for going to sleep right the second I got home from yeah, the job. Narcolepsy. I had the level of narcolepsy that I had was unlike anything I've ever experienced. Honestly, yeah. it was beyond. It was full narcolepsy. And that's because you couldn't have existed in 
the shit chaos that you turned your old place into. Yes. It was a swirling tornado of Ian <laughs> hurricanes. And it was like yes. you just walked in the door and like physically collapsed and mm-hmm. slept on your floor in your clothes. Because if you were awake for even a second, you would have been overwhelmed. Yep. Like myself. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that said, um, October, we're, we're half here at our new place mm-hmm. um, and our new drug den. And it's glorious, okay? The new drug den is, come on. Glory to God. Glory the to God. will be done. Glory be he, <laughs> Lord, Father, Lady. Yeah. The shit is fucking like. We know what the shit mm. is, though. It is literal bananas still. <sighs> and we're not completely moved over by any sense of the word. No. And once. Our drug den slash podcast studio is fully moved over here. Yes. We are hoping and promising and praying that things are going to settle down. Yes. As in, you mean as in the work and the life and the thing and the thing. Just the vibe. Yes. The vibe. Yeah. Um, Because we still did our Patreon podcast during the two week hiatus. Mm -hmm. But the energy was, (laughs) it was chaotic. Definitely random. I think. People listening, some people probably had fun. I think some people probably felt unsafe, <laughs> which is not mm. what we're going for with our Patreons, right, Memo? No, we want people to feel safe and fun. Yeah. Like, um, you know, you're watching, I don't know, like HBO Max and meets Disney, but mostly HBO Max. Yeah. You know, where I mean? your problems back burner while you're like, whoa, these are the people with the problems. These yes. are the train wrecks. Right. Like you were doing your life and you're like, oh, my God. And just and Jasper and, uh, and, me, and my skin. Yeah. And then we're talking. And you're like, wait a minute. I fear that the, the last week's Patreons, the last two weeks, were kind of like how when Honey Boo Boo started and everybody was here for the trash of it all. Mm hmm. But then it turned a sharp left and everything went left. And it was like, I'm uncomfortable now. And I feel there's a pedophile on the scene. No one seems healthy. (laughs) They're eating ketchup on pasta and calling it spaghetti. And I'm out. Right. That's what we don't want. We are. We're on the bridge from light honey boo boo (laughs) to dark honey boo boo. So I want anyone who's already on the Patreon to know Uh. we have slammed the brakes on Mm -hmm. we will not cross the bridge over into dark mama june territory no we're reversing we're now reversing back across the bridge right we're back going to go back into light dancing for dollars hello holla honey boo boo you know what i mean all that (laughs) yeah we're going to go back into that territory we're not going to stay in the darkness no we are not we are we are in the light we are an an example of the light mount is our free episode that we have oh and our free episode from the pandemic but it's still if you can be fucking have fun in the pandemic then if, you can have fun anytime that is true and we did have some fun in the pandemic even though my body did shut down uh and now i'll tell you this since the after moving this last few days mm-hmm. um i have shocked my body to the point oh, where it's like moving. You yeah, yeah. Moving Physi- it. Being physical. Right. Because it's been literally a dead corpse for the last two years, maybe yeah. three. Um, and it is swollen. It is sore. Mm-hmm. It is be- It is beyond. I can't even explain to you. I stand up and I'm like, 
it's chapped and scabbed. It's and chapped. Scraped. It's scraped. My hands are yeah crazy. My legs. My I'm like uh, uh, anyway. So listen, good. Get alive, and we're gonna start yeah fucking stretching it and fucking utilizing this bod before it completely falls apart. And if you're interested in our Patreon podcast, and you know you are, there's a link to a free episode in the description of this podcast, or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com. We do two Patreon podcasts a week. They're both an hour, and they are not about politics. I know it's a whole thing signing up for shit, and we're all on a budget. I get it. Believe you me. I just transferred money over into the savings, so I don't touch it. That's the very first time I've ever done that. I'm proud of you. Ever in my life. Okay. But listen, you get two extra hours a week to not think about anything real or stressful. It's just me and Brandy telling stories and doing drugs and being drunk and annoying. And you know what? Other people being annoying, rather than going, sometimes when I listen to podcasts and the person's being annoying, especially when there's two of them, and in the duo, I'm always the more annoying one. So people hold on like, God, she's just being annoying. She wants to shut the fuck up. (laughs) My advice is this have fun with the fact that I'm annoying and be like, isn't this great that Mm -hmm. she's so annoying Mm -hmm. and I get to be in my house, not being annoying (laughs) and not embarrassing myself. Like be happy that we're over here up at dawn in the streets, (laughs) fucking making assholes out of ourselves. And you're not. And think that it's well worth the money. And it's like when I started buying water in glass bottles, yeah, spring water that comes in Italian glass Delivered to my door by phenomenal, breathtaking assholes that I hate (laughs) from like Portland. Uh And I get in fights with them every month. But I first I started with Mountain Valley delivery water years ago. And it was honestly, I mean, it's $100 a month. And I I don't even do Netflix. You and I share Netflix. A lot of any streaming service we share. If we did our, if we did our own Patreon, Julie and I would share it. And we <laughs> encourage everyone to share the Patreon. Mm. Share it between 10 people. We don't care. Mm-hmm. We get it. One of you motherfuckers needs to subscribe and then share it with everyone. <laughs> We're fine with that. Uh-huh. Once I submitted and surrendered to paying for the water, I just was done with it. It was just in my budget. And particularly, obviously, the Patreon, our Patreon podcast is not like a hundred dollar water per month. But to me, that was a lot to be charging on my credit card. And that's including anything else. We have all acting services we have to subscribe to and they're all annoying and they're all a waste of money and they're all a racket. But it's kind of like that. It's like when you decide something is worth it to you, you don't nickel and dime it. You don't even resent it. You just ignore it. Quite frankly, the first four lines of your credit card bill are things you just ignore. And then you start (laughs) from there. And mm. that's the way we recommend this. I mean, I don't want to overstate and make ourselves like, you know, pure spring water, but we can be <laughs> for some people, you know. And at the end of the day, everyone's annoying to someone. That's right. That's that's the title of this episode. <laughs> In our new drug den slash podcast studio, what we mm-hmm. have not. It's completely in disarray and shambles. Things are everywhere, but it actually doesn't matter because we're here. We're at our table. We have our microphones. We have our headphones. What we don't have and what we need is our drug den bulletin board. Yes, that's going to be next. Now that we are going to have set up this week, we Mm -hmm. cannot be doing our podcasts, any of them, Patreon or the regular weed, without our Patreon booze on the wall, looking down, giving us our inspo. Right. And Karen 
Campbell memo. Turns okay. out, sweetie, Karen Campbell from Miami Beach uh-huh. sent us her picture for the Drug Den Bulletin Board. Great. She's a new listener, <gasps> and you know Ooh. we only have 14 listeners, so when a new listener makes their way to us, it is so fucking exciting. Karen, you are going to be the first person in our brand new Drug Den to go to the Bulletin Board, and we are going to expand... The drug den bulletin board. Oh. Excuse me. <laughs> We're going to expand. Hear that echo? Mm-hmm. That's the echo of a huge house, bitch. <laughs> uh, the drug den is like five times the size. If, I mean, I'm going to say, I'm not even going to, I don't even think it's an exaggeration. We can have full orgies, full drug <gasps> scenarios, wow. full drug deals, full drug uh, <laughs> gangs, I could cartels. Put a pl- I could put a pool in here. <laughs> drug pool time. <laughs> Drug jacuzzis. We can have whatever we want in this uh, drug den. And that's all going to start with Karen. I think it's a sign that Karen sent her postcard. I love that she did. She's not even a Karen because her name is spelled C-A-R-I-N. And it could be Karen. It could be Karen. <laughs> it could be Karen. It could be Karen. It could be Karen. Karen. Hey, guys. Sadly, not an OG 14, but please don't hold it against me because now you have a new lifer. Started with the weed and immediately became a two times Patreon. I absolutely love everything about you two. Here's me and my kids. Nuke it like new cat. Oh, new cat. Esme and Fifi LaRue. I swear she was French in a past life for the drug den bulletin board. Hope to buy you a drink or 10 someday. You're my people. Karine Campbell. Karine. 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 Via Miami Beach. Uh, first of all, I hope that you're okay during the uh, hurricane, but also, more importantly, let's talk about the kids. Do we think Fifi is the one who looks like Dumpling? This, the white and gray one. Gotta be. It has to be. Dumpling esque. I have to say, the cats are giving me life. I love that there's two of them. Yeah. As you know, I want to get a, two, a second Fifi. one. I love that. She's so pretty. I love that it's like a long haired black one. Yeah. Very, Very pretty. Halloween vibes. Oh. Um, a haunting energy. Yeah. Making people think they have bad luck when in fact, fuck off. It's all good luck, bitch. I kind of have been thinking about a black cat lately. I think that's sexy. It's like it's like the way we mm. and I've noticed an air an a random penny <laughs> strewn about in here in the trash. And a juice. Yeah, <laughs> you know that I love my favorite thing to do is to take all my change from my car and throw it like trash yes. onto the sidewalk <laughs> and go some fucking <laughs> a wonderful loser is going to walk by and be like, oh, my God, good luck. It's good luck. And they're going to go about their whole day carrying my trash and thinking it's good luck. The step further is getting a black cat. Letting it free, but only not too free, but just slightly free where someone's like walking and doing their like speed walk to do their like exercise. They walk by the window and they're like, whoa, did you see that black cat? My God, I had like vibes and they think they may have been haunted, but they're not sure. Or they think it was like someone from the dead communicating. You're basically fucking the neighborhood up with the black cat. Mm. I I'm love sort of, that journey I for us. I, I, I like that journey yeah. for us, too. And, you know, I did have a black cat long yes, ago Levi yeah and so it would be Levi kind of had very haunting he was looks haunting looks and a haunting he was he will fuck he yeah. would fuck you up it's just like more cunty energy personality very cunty. Wise. but if you very just saw cunty. saw Levi didn't get any of the personality but just like you'd mm-hmm. be like whoa that's yeah. like a creepy cat like from yeah. the underworld yeah oh yeah <laughs> 
So, but I'm really enjoying this long-haired black version. Beautiful. The sort of dumpling black cat. Is that is I like her it. new cat? I'm assuming the black one is a new cat for whatever reason, because the other one just looks so much like a Fifi. Yeah, but it does. Yeah. Is the black one um like a flat-faced, smushed-faced cat? I don't or no? think so. I don't think so I don't either. think so. So I'm going to have to look into long-haired black cats because I'm very interested. The dog, very cute too. Karen. Very cute. Corrine. Corrin. Corrine <laughs> is gorgeous as well. She's yes. like a sexy little whore whoring around <laughs> Miami Beach. I love that she put Miami Beach too. P.S. Yeah. Beach. Yep. Okay. Yep. Not Miami. Miami no. Beach. Yep. She's on Collins Avenue looking fucking running after DJ Khaled. Oh, DJ Khaled is lurking. Corrine, <laughs> listen. Mm-hmm. Kern, Karen, Karen. We are... You're in the center of the drug den bulletin board. Yeah. You are going to be, you're becoming a symbol of our new drug den. Yeah. And it's perfect because she kind of looks like a little like drug slut. You know what I mean? Like sexy. <laughs> it's sexy energy. It's not like, drug slut. it's not like, mm. hey guys. Got out of church. Leading the church service. Uh-huh. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she, listen, she's going to be like, um, I'm sorry. I'm, dev- <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a full devout. minister. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't really appreciate you talking about me like that. She looks fun. And you know what? I do think that this black cat might be a smushed face cat. The thing with black animals is they're hard to photograph. Can't really tell. But that's a they're all three such they're really, really cute. cute. All very they cute. They look very expensive. Very too, cute. Which we love. Yes. Now, um Kristen Sorianato, I do want to say she is going to be newly minted on the drug den bulletin board. Now we've been knowing her for years. This last month she sent in her sexy picture finally. I do want to say <laughs> Kristen, I said you were a huge dyke. <laughs> Not that you were huge and a dyke because she Uh, sent a note that was like, you're right. I am huge. I'm like, "Um, I don't recall (laughs) thinking that or saying it. So if I did mess Uh, up my words, which is known to happen, you don't look huge. I didn't think you were huge. I wouldn't care. Don't care if you are. Mm -hmm. I love you for who you are and Mm -hmm. how you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I did know is that you're a huge, huge lesbian. (laughs) That's what I mainly knew. You are a huge. Oh, your post might be huge. They might be ready for that munching, but (laughs) you yourself, you know, you're perfect for us. So she sent us a huge thing of candy. Speaking of huge, a huge thing of candy. Oh, I already mowed. I talk about munching. (laughs) I munched through like 17,000 now and laters. It's so fun. There's all these like baseball cards of like Rocky Horror. Love it. Love it. It's like 80s, like Dallas. Yeah. Knott's Landing or some shit. Growing Pains. It's so perfect. Fucking amazing. And it's all like, and it's like fucking every kind of, we're, we're munching the caramel boxes of, of, of Kristen. <sighs> I can't get, I can't get it in my mouth. Enough. And we're going to, we were going to Kristen I'm, with all um, full disclosure. We were going to try to use some of the candy for our first Halloween at our new place, mm. but we already ate a lot of it. And so <laughs> we also, we're going to have to get, we are in like, a, <clears throat> we are literally in for anyone who, who <laughs> listens to our Patreon podcast. Um, this is so crazy. Last Halloween, first of all, one Halloween, we did it. We did our Patreon podcast from my house in Burbank and we, we just harass children and mm-hmm. we, we, well, we sexually harass children. So mm-hmm. if, if that's not the energy you're looking for, probably don't join the Patreon because that's how <laughs> wildly inappropriate it is. But the level that we sexually harass children and their parents, and it was so fun, huh, Mal? Like 
we got like 20 numbers of different parents ready to like do this thing. It was so fun. And the kids were so cute and they were all dressed so cute. So that was at my house. Mm -hmm. Then we put, we tabled the, the Halloween harassing for a while. Yeah. Last year we did mushrooms. We rolled out to a haunted house on like in my neighborhood, like, like on my fucking street. Yeah. And we, the biggest haunted house in Burbank, we were sober in quotes. So we did mushrooms. Right. Then we walked around Mm -hmm. and we Ubered around and we, to this, we Ubered to this one crazy fancy neighborhood in Burbank where they have the most elaborate <laughs> Halloween front lawns. Like I, 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 I honestly, I mean, at least we're for it. Where I come from, that was never a thing. Well, Only here. It was like, well, Christmas lights were always the thing. Christmas, and you're like, of Let's course. Let's all get in the car yes. and go drive. But and- here. And now I just think to myself, how did my mom do that sober? Like, there is no way. I don't care if I had a car full of kids. Like, let's go have fun. I'm flasking it. Like, I can't with children. And you're looking at Christmas lights. And Christmas lights are different. Like, they're beautiful. But it's almost like being on the Vegas Strip. Like, you see one. You've mm-hmm. seen them all. And you are mm-hmm. kind of get sensory overload with mm-hmm. the lights. Mm-hmm. The Halloween tableaus. Oh, my God. Full stories. <laughs> beginning, middles, and ends. Um, it's the, be- there's a big thing here now of... Really, 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 really tall. Yep. Huge. Yep. Scary. Yep. Skeletons and whatever. I on, huge shit that's bigger than their whole house. It's enormous. Yep. And then there's there. Then there's I saw one where there was the huge thing surrounded by literally probably 12 scary trees. Oh, my God. There's like, that time during the day where you. You had to oh get my out of the God, car that like, one. to get like a tow truck or something. We were on the side of the road and I was just like sitting there and you got out of the car. You're like, I'm going to go to the street and see if it can find us. It was something like that. And you go to the street. I'm just like, do, 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 minding my own business, playing fucking, you know, Candy Crush or Two Dots. This was years ago. And I look to my right and I'm like, whoa. And there's a fucking crazy bitch crawling up the side of their house. <laughs> She's yeah, upside down. Her right. fucking hair. It's like the girl from the ring, but it's she's so upside grotesque. down. It's yeah. a girl, disgusting girl on the mm-hmm. side of a house with her brown hair hanging down. Mm-hmm. And then there was like four cars sitting, taking photos. of. This is like two in the afternoon. It wasn't yep. even nighttime. Yep. If I saw that at night, I oh, would have shit. a heart attack. Yeah, shit. So we came to this neighborhood. We saw all of these. And this is all Bur- Burbank is filled with people who work in the movies. They all work in production. Yep. The new trend, like you were saying, is things taller than the house. They're done with like hydraulics. It's like it's like these these it's like a certain like almost like a tent material. The figurine is made of something that's like a tent and then air blows this. Oh, those ones. They blow it up. So it becomes this huge marshmallow man or huge tree. Right. And they have them all. And then there's a light under it. They have them all over their lawn. Right. But more than that, it's dead bodies. It's murder scenes. It's true crime depictions. Oh, there was a great one about COVID last year. And like the skeletons lining up for the fucking vaccine. vaccine And. And the news was there. We went. The news was yeah, there. We great. almost got hit by a so cop good. car. We're on the mushrooms. We're so high. Yep. It's a whole to do. We filmed for the Patreon this crazy jack-o'-lantern that I was going to buy. And I'm <laughs> glad I didn't because now you're here and we have to decide <laughs> we're going to do it at my house or your house or we'll share it. Um, Julie lives now basically in the neighborhood of all the Halloween stories. Mm-hmm. Now, it's crazy. Not quite up in the hills. But at the foothills, yeah. 
and still we yep. are living we're, we're we're in our domestic goddess dreams we both have these houses in the it's it's a dream it's a dream and we are gonna have nothing but scary slaughterhouse scenes for halloween and this mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. we're gonna take Kristen sorianata's bag of candy yep we're gonna add to it because we can imagine it's gonna be baller traffic coming by here uh-huh that's right and we're gonna be tossing snickers tossing now and laters harassing we'll do a live patreon Kristen's a member of the patreon and um Here's what she wrote and sent uh, with the candy. Hey, Julie and Brandy, please enjoy these treats and things. We love and appreciate you guys so much. Love Kristen and Birdie Sorianato. If only we could sexually harass those two. <laughs> that would be uh, pinnacles for us. But we will. You do the sexual harassing. Yeah. I do not. You, Yeah, you throw the candy. I throw the candy. I do, the, I do, I do that part. Yeah, I'm I don't not ageist, actually, though. I do young, No, older. I know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And I always say, and I've always said it from the beginning, you can do that. But if I did it, it would be actual, <laughs> it would be actual harassment. Yeah, you have to deal with the candy. Okay, now it's time for us to go to skew and learn something. Now it's time for Brandy and I to ride our tiny bicicletta to skew. This is our segment called Time for Skew, where a live person teaches us something. And today we are going to learn everything we can in 30 minutes about mental health and wellness in the classroom. And we are going to... And we are going to learn a lot because our professor for the day is Shalita M. Shaw. Now, we always love riding our tiny bicicletta to skew. And we've learned so much from all of our past teachers. But our teacher today, Shalita M. Shaw, is an actual teacher. Like, as her job. She's a tenured professor who's been teaching for over 20 years, but she's currently on sabbatical in order to address the mental health elephant lurking in American classrooms. We are honored that she agreed to do our stupid podcast. So without further ado, it's time for Classroom Wellness Skew with Shalita M. Shaw. Hi, Hi, Shalita. Shalita. Hi, girls. (laughs) Hi, ladies. (laughs) Okay, so right off the bat, tell us what your mission is when it comes to mental health in the classroom. So for our 14 listeners. (laughs) Okay, well, for all 14 plus me, 15. um, Listen, this is a very real thing. And my ultimate goal is to be the voice for teachers who are unwilling or perhaps afraid to talk about what's really going on in the classroom where wellness is concerned. And that is that there is not just a burnout for teachers, there is actually a um, burning of their spirits. 
And teachers, real teachers are called to this profession. We can do all the schooling we want, but real teachers are called. That's why the age old adage, right, of teachers being overworked, underpaid, we don't care about that. Yeah. We, we know that that's the case. So we still go into the profession because our goal is to impact lives. But when you burn our spirits, we no longer can do that. And that is resulting in what's being called the quiet quitting of teachers. It's why in Chicago alone, you've had over a thousand teachers to quit in the last year. Mm. What happens when they all quit? Like, then you can't have well, school, right? I well, mean, here's the deal. It's kind and, of a, and like a national emergency, I would think. Yeah, and no one's talking about that part, right? Except when it was time for school to start. And I think in Florida, you had... Um, the idea of veterans, right, coming into classroom, that's not a good idea, right? Um, coming into classrooms to teach because that's how low the number of teachers coming back to the classrooms are happening. Listen, it is this frank. When a student doesn't come to class, the school still runs. If a teacher stops coming to class, teacher after teacher, the school will close. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. That's crazy. And yet, it's out of order, right? We, we are putting a lot of our resources and time into saving the students, which I think should be a priority. Let me be very clear about that. But I also think that if you don't put the same Mm, and the same energy behind helping the teachers to regain, restore, rejuvenate. You're going to lose the student anyway. Do you think this was a, has been a problem like <laughs> throughout all of time? Or was this like sort of something that you feel you've just started seeing? Like, was it coronavirus? Was it before? What do you think is the genesis of this problem? It has not been the case through time. I come from a legacy of teachers, full disclosure, from my grandmother to my mother who retired as dean after 32 years, and now I've been doing it. Mm. So it has not gone on since the beginning of time. <laughs> it was enough for us, even if we went home with a smaller paycheck, to know that when we passed that kid on the street, or in my case, that young adult at the mall, to see that they were becoming something great and you had a small part to play in that it was enough so it it has not um certainly been from the beginning of time here's the irony coronavirus didn't cause it it exposed it mm. oh yeah mm -hmm. that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah it exposed it because we could keep putting on the face and the facade right um um the great i think it's w.e.b du bois said we wear the mask we could keep wearing the mask. We have mastered the mask. Mm. But the coronavirus made us take it off. Here's the problem when you try to put it back on and no longer fit. <laughs> That's right. And how long had, though, teachers been? This is like a more of a practical question. But I mean, it was like in terms of like generational, like 80s, 90s, how long had teachers been um, like paying for their own like school supply, mm. like for their classrooms and stuff? That's been going on for a while, right? Like the resources. Oh, now that. The answer to that question is from the beginning. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, the answer okay. to that question okay. is simple. It's, but here again, we didn't mind doing it. I yeah. can't tell you how many times I went to get something for my niece or or my baby, and I would be like, oh, let me pick up a few more of these. Somebody might. We didn't care about that, mm. right? Because the idea that you would be changing a life was worth the money. 
what is happening now is in addition to everything else, we're now getting resistance to changing the life, right? They're like, I don't, I don't want that. That's right. right. Yeah. And then you have the parent yep. on top of that. And then if I can be really frank with you, beautiful ladies, we don't have the support of administration that we once had. Right. Mm. Because they have their own set of pressures. They have to get a certain job done, make sure a certain number of students stay enrolled in the school. So, for instance, if there's a behavioral issue and you're like, this is really causing a problem, because, as you know, one kid can become a cancer in the whole class. Right. So if you know you need that kid perhaps removed, they're no longer willing to do that because they're trying to keep their numbers up, too. So now instead of you going to work with this optimism and positivity you go in almost feeling defeated from the door because you know you're going to spend a lot of time on classroom management versus the actual teaching lesson or if you spend that time on classroom management and it's not well received right now you have a stockpile of complaints and what's going on don't talk to my child that way it's six in one half a dozen in the other we have a listener, um, and she's a friend, and her name's Ashley Ryder, and she she went and got, like, and sued her school board. She lives in Ohio. Ohio. Um, okay. She told us about um, the school board and the parents fighting, fighting. I mean, we, I, we didn't even really know because we don't have kids that there was, like, we thought yeah, there's a school nurse and then that's where we're at. And then unless there's a school shooting, they're not bringing it, you know, like and they have the one child that maybe like gets in a car accident and then they bring right. in the mental health people like the guidance everyone. counselor. Yeah. The grieving. Right. Or there's a mm-hmm. shooting. Then of course they bring in people for that. But unless there's some kind of trauma that happens in the class, we just thought the school nurse is there bugging on, giving band-aids, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Ashley's told us that, there was that they're having yeah like mental health services were being offered whether it was for like you know gender identity issues or sexuality Mm -hmm. and and that they fought it and that the whole thing of the election of the school board was all about getting this out of the school and this is for science we learned Mm -hmm. science Mm -hmm. we don't need to learn this and we Mm -hmm. had no idea that that a that there was it was even being offered and b that it was such a controversial subject (laughs) Like, why would be, there be a controversy about it? Is it because of religion? Um, I think that's a nice place that they like to hang their hat. Um, but a lot of it is, it's their opinion, and they feel that strongly about it. So whoever can form in that alliance, right, be it religion or my parental rights. I mean, look, isn't that the whole premise behind the book bans that have gone on nationally mm, now? Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Yep. And what is it? It's, right? it's where now we're dealing. It's basically people have just lost their goddamn minds because it's like, <laughs> I'm not going to wear a mask and my rights and I'm freedom and don't yes. read this book and I'm a parent and I run the world and I'm everything. No, I mean, it really is. And I know a lot of people are going to laugh thinking that, you know, that's comical. But I'm telling you, and especially in my case, because remember, by law, we don't have to speak to parents at all. So oh. you find yourself having these conversations right and then they confuse them for confrontations huh yeah. because you're at an age 
you're confusing facts with confrontation, right? And so what happens is now you have this whole production, right? Now your your administration is involved and the student union is involved because it's like, well, they feel like you were insulting them or, mm. and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm. and thank God I am more of a seasoned teacher where things like that and come from a legacy, right? Strong parents. So I, I'm, I'm not easily threatened or maybe the better way to say it is I don't really fall for the dangling carrot, right? Like, well, this could cost you your job or this. I'm a little more seasoned than that, right? Mm. But I do feel for the younger instructors who would feel like, I mean, they are running out the door in masses, those young teachers, because they're feeling like, I didn't sign up for this. I had yeah. no idea I would spend all my time arguing here or a book that I spent all summer creating a curriculum is mm. no longer allowed, right? Someone's, and I've been through that, like having a textbook or a, a subject matter discussed in a, a article from a book that you've used, let's say for the last two, three semesters, and then you come to a new semester and there's a student or two that's like, I'm offended. And you're like, whoa. Ugh. And it turns, and I'm telling you, this is real life. So then you want me to keep coming back because this is the other thing I want to point out to you guys. The difference between teachers and perhaps any other profession other than parenting, because I do believe it's one of the hardest jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Is that you're confused because we show up doesn't mean we're okay. It just means we showed up. Is the student's mental health, and I, I wanted to keep going, we could go forever talking about how such poor teacher graduates and then walks in and it's like, suddenly it's like some kind of MAGA, they're managing MAGA imagine. people all day, and it and just, yeah. just the back and forth, and I could see just turning around and walking back out and being yeah. like, why didn't I do this in the 90s or something? I mean, didn't even seem easy then, but no. compared to now, yeah. every single thing is a fight, every single... Everything's a fight. That's, that's not just... an exaggeration. That just sounds like an utter nightmare. And then people are trying to go to private schools, which shouldn't be the answer. And that's just all privilege. And mm -hmm. it just, this is why we want to quit this podcast, Shalita. <laughs> it's so depressing. It's so no, sad. No, we can't quit it because we got to get the word out to the 15 people. Yeah, that's we right. We can't quit it. We can't quit. But this is, I will say, you literally just broke down the difference between burnout and you've burned my spirit. You mm -hmm. see the difference? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's that's the because burnout, I can go home or take a weekend. I can rest up and try it again. But when you say to me, it will make me go in the classroom and turn right back around. That's because somebody has chipped away at your spirit. Yeah, that I can see. I mean, it used to be summers. I always thought teaching <laughs> I had a, when I went to college, I did like a minor in like I mean, it's theater education. It's not real teaching. But because um, I thought, God forbid, I have to teach. I can at least have summers off. Right. My sister became a teacher. And she was like, I have summers off. This is great. So she'd like have a summer. And then she'd go back. She's like, I'm ready to start the fall. But mm -hmm. now that burnout, like you said, you're not mm -hmm. just burned out. The summer couldn't is lasting long enough. And now you're like, I'm never going back because I can't yeah. take it anymore. Yeah. Not only are the summers not long enough, now they've integrated some of the COVID, right, protocols. So 
it's almost like they're treating emails like you're on call. Like we need a response tomorrow or, you know, get back. I've had those emails where they're like, get back to me by the end of the day. And I'm like, in this year, (laughs) no, bitch, I'm on summer. I'm 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 in Hawaii. (laughs) And literally that is the case. Like, if you don't mind, can you get back to me? It's Thursday. Can you get back tomorrow? Huh? (laughs) <laughs> and I'm telling you, they're expecting an answer and there are repercussions if you don't. Oh. So that's what I'm telling you. It wasn't always that way. And the more it's becoming that way, it's becoming less about impacting the student. Mm-hmm. If it's less about that, then the fulfillment for us has become less. And people are packing up their purses and walking out. So it's, is it becoming about it's becoming about fulfilling the parents and their egos and their needs. And right. I mean, cause that's who's de- making these demands. I mean, I, I would can't... hate to work all summer on a curriculum and then have one person, whether it be a student or a teacher. I'm offended. Well, yeah. I can tell you it happens. I can tell you it happens and take it from me from absolute experience. And I'm telling you that happens in like my 19th year. I don't mean years oh. ago. So you have to know it floored me it Mm. floored me till I was in the floor crying like (laughs) how did we get here you know but no we we certainly can't put it all on the parents and certainly I couldn't do it at being a collegiate professor because again I get to have I get a say in the amount of contact I have with them but what I will say is there there is an obvious influence right behind the scenes right there's an obvious influence of um, parental, I think there's an obvious influence. Again, administration hands are not clean because they too have their own pressures and that trickles down. It's like, right, the Bible, Abraham's beard, that oil falls down on us, right? <laughs> I've even noticed where the union is becoming more interested in keeping a relationship with administration, a mm, good relationship yeah. versus being really clear that you're here to fight for mm. dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Do you think that being um, a collegiate professor, I mean, I can't even, it's one thing because at first in my mind, I think high school and beneath. So they're little kids Mm -hmm. or they're kids, whatever. But in college, Mm -hmm. the entitlement has got to be insane with the students. It's out of control. It's, uh, I I mean, talk about being offended. That's just, they, each person feel, what has happened? I mean, what do you, like, what do you think? What? What 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 created this? I do. I this. say this at least about college <clears throat> is that you have to pay for that. So that's also okay. why at least it, and that's why it would be even more insufferable because at least if something is you know free at that point, it's like, well, go somewhere else. <laughs> this is free. But when you're they're paying, they think they they demand. I don't know. I mean, I just yeah. I don't but know. think about it. We all went to college, and even though, mm-hmm. even if we thought it, we didn't say it. Never. There is a real lack of respect. And now I mm-hmm. will yeah. address that. Yes, that starts at home, right? <laughs> Let's blame I the parents now. A, oh, that's a real. I'm telling you, I have students. I I do composition, and so they will write essays where I'm so confused on who they're talking about because they'll say, and when I told my mother and I said, Jane, and I'm like, wait, you called your mom? Her first, I'm so confused oh, on what I'm reading. My but I'm telling gosh. you, that has increased <laughs> oh exponentially. The number of essays now, talk about entitlement that come 
you know, I needed my first car. And I'm telling you, they we are in luxury car mode. No, no one's driving around <laughs> in these. You know what I mean? Or, you know, I had my um, weight loss surgery or I had my breast augmentation. Like, the topics. I used Unreal. to do these narrative oh, essays because I was like, oh, they're going to tell me where they were for the summer. But as the topics have changed, that is when my awareness came like, whoa. Like what? Because wow. it showed me where their priorities are. You know what I mean? Like wow. the social media. But I will tell you this. I could walk in a classroom <clears throat> for years, certainly from the moment I started, maybe up to year 15. And just the idea that they were bright eyed and seemed to be in a position of wanting to, even if not learn, know something more than the person next to them. You know what I mean? And what has happened now is when you walk in the room, you find yourself almost doing a song and dance because there's such darkness in the room. Mm. There is such a dim light in their eyes. Like the idea that, you know, we we no longer have this sense of self-love, you know, self-awareness, like it has become obvious, again, to the real teachers that are not there for a paycheck, but really trying to impact lives. You look at a student and you can easily discern, like, you're troubled. You're having a hard time. But the difference is now whether you say that or not, because that can become a problem. So and there was a time we could pull a student to the side in a minute and say, are you okay, Julie? Are you okay, Brandy? Girl, you bet not. And I'd be like, That's I just had my weight loss surgery <laughs> and my boobs got like a really small professor and I just yeah. don't feel like anyone sees me. I mean, a lot of them are on edge. I remember I saying to a student last year, hey, are you good? I noticed you. St-. I mean, they were coming all the time, handing in the assignments. They stopped. And I said, are you good? And real flippant. She was like, I'm good. And I said, well, I just wanted you to know that I see you. Oh. She started bawling. Oh, yeah. Bawling. But here's the thing. And I remember being so sad coming home because I didn't know the boundaries there. Like, whereas I used to have been like, let's talk about it. You don't know what to do with that now because everything's a complaint. You know what I mean? Like, or if you have a certain protocol, I, this is a real experience. I remember I, I have a policy that if you don't turn in your essays, just the essays, everything else I'll take late, but your essays on time, I'm not accepting it. And a student literally didn't turn it in. And I said to him, well, that's a zero. Like, and he said to me, no, I'll just turn it in tomorrow. And I was like, oh. Like, I was so confused. Like, now I am the teacher, right? And I'm telling you, it it went on all semester over this one essay. Parents were calling me. It went back and forth. And when we ended up in mediation, you heard me right. We had to now go to mediation. That is beyond. He makes, I'm telling you, he makes a statement that revealed to me where we were. And I'll tell you what it was. He said, when they said, well, did you know Michelle's policies? Yes. Did you adhere to them? No. Then tell me why this is a problem. Because no one's told me no. Mm. And his mother was sitting in the room. He said that? No one has told. That was a quote. 
No one has told me no. And what I'm saying to you guys Mm -hmm. is when you have to go weeks and weeks dealing with something that you've deemed so simple and your past experience has said that, I want you all to see when you ask me what it is, you have to know that every time you're meeting about that, every email about that, every conversation, every time you're called into the dean's office about that, it chips away at your spirit. It's draining and exhausting. It's a waste of time. It's so disrespectful to you, your boundaries, the rules you set up for your class. Like, I feel like uh, like you're walking in every day to like a Twitter war. Like they're all sitting there <laughs> yeah. ready to be in some social mm-hmm. media like fucking argument with you or waiting uh, like not only just entitlement, just a cloak of like you're now in an adversarial scenario Rather than, yeah, bright-eyed, like, this is awesome. I'm going to go be in a sorority or whatever mm-hmm. the, you know, all or this even, dorky mm-hmm. stuff. Even mm-hmm. in school, I mean, I was a terrible student, but I didn't have that. And if I didn't like whatever the teacher, we would just go party. I mean, it just, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? The, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, or we'd like laugh or make jokes or, but they. No, that cancel culture is real and it has seeped <sighs> its way into the classroom. That's, that's what and it is. A, it, it is. And I'm telling you, the unfortunate part about it is you're losing the good ones. That's what I was telling a principal friend of mine this weekend. The problem is the ones that you don't want to stay are staying because they weren't in it for the right reason anyway. Mm. It's the good ones that are leaving. That's the message I want to get out here. We need help because the good ones are leaving. Yeah. It's almost like you're going to have to, unfortunately, the teachers are going to have to spearhead this war against cancel yeah. culture. I mean, I don't know. It's like, because how else can you r- fight this? It's also, it's all institutional, too, because it's the board. Uh, the whole the thing. Institutional the, is huge. Yeah. And yeah. it just seems mm-hmm. so overwhelming. And I have to say, Julie does stand up and she's for, I mean, in all of the stand ups, you know, comedians for years mm-hmm. have been talking about. Oh. going to colleges and how it's a like wrap mm-hmm. and like even i remember like probably like 20 20 maybe 15 you were just like i'm done i don't want to go back anymore mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i mean that was at this point seven years ago but for mm-hmm. it and now for it to have caught up and be in the classrooms mm-hmm. is i can't even imagine honestly i can't even imagine being a teacher it's- yeah mm-hmm. I, I, I just to be the person who is a comedian no one respects you yeah. so it's like yeah. okay but <laughs> you'd think that and you go into it with that you go into it going this could be adversarial we're gonna have a thing and if they you know but we're now gonna be in a banter but as a teacher that to me is like a parent or a person of respect Absolutely. that's a person you yeah. you yeah. I would mm-hmm. never go into a classroom and not mm-hmm. think this person is in control we can have a debate and a certainly what that's Mm-mm. what it's for but that's you right. know, the number one reason parents were ready for their kids to go back to school is because they realized how difficult they are in a learning environment. Yeah, they, they saw that they weren't willing to say it. And yeah. then you had these brilliant parents that were like, listen, I, I, my hat's off to you guys. Thank you. Is there anything I can do? But then you had those parents who were like, you take them. <laughs> exactly you, you know what I mean like well whatever they say and I'm telling you unfortunately you know capitalism rules this world so you also live in an environment where money does speak too right so if you I, I know K through 12 instructors who they'll say to me well you know if their parent is on the board or they give a lot to the foundation that's another 
fight. And you're like, whoa, like I'm telling you all 20 years in, we weren't having these conversations 15 years ago. We, we weren't having these conversations five years ago. We might talk about a bad student, but then you went on about your day. Yeah. Now <laughs> it consumes you. It consumes, you want to know when is your next holiday? Exactly. It consumes you. Let me ask you some brass tacks questions. One, yes. what do you think of Miguel Cardona? He's mm. he's the what is he the education <laughs> secretary? Like one, I'm wondering. She just went. Um. Yeah. <laughs> and that is classic, my mother. And listen, she always says that speaks volumes, doesn't it? It, it certainly <laughs> but, does. That's how we feel about mm -hmm. him as well, mm -hmm. and we like pretty we much top to bottom all of the yeah. whole administration. Yeah. But he. Um, I don't think about them. Mm. I, I have written, I'll be quite frank with you. I have written letters to try to open up this conversation even bigger. Um, and fortunately I was able to get some assistance, but it didn't come from him. I think that he is to be, um, empathetic. I think he is one of the ones that just has, all of this weight on him and trying to meet all of these demands. And I think somewhere along the lines, teachers get lost in the shuffle again. Cause I'm telling you, there's this idea they'll be okay. They'll bounce back. And that used to be true. It's just now it's not. And I can tell you this, the real way that they're doing this wrong. And I mean that for administrations across the board, K through 12 collegiate is simply this formula. They are waiting for one incident to happen to address the need. They have not figured out yet. If you get to the incident, you missed it. Haven't we had some incidents? Yeah. How many so people many. need to be Haven't shot? How many people and, need to be shot yeah. and murdered? And, and and did you see even with Uvalde? They're like, we're sending in grief counselors. The students weren't ready to go back. Not one report on the teachers, even though two teachers were lost. That's I what mean, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, so not one. It's, so are the are the is it connected? Like are the mental health of the students, which is clearly um just with the world because all of our mental health there's it's there's, important for sure what mm -hmm. i'm saying is that a is that's directly affecting the teacher's mental health right if the students oh, were in yeah. a better space the teachers would be in a better space no it's the opposite okay. that's exactly what i'm trying to get okay. that's out of order as a matter of fact let's bring it to home a lot of times people feel like if my children are okay you hear moms say this all the time right if my children are okay i'm okay that's actually out of order if you're okay, your children will be fine, mm. right? Oh, because, right, makes sense. Right. You got to put the well, oxygen on your face first, the and then the kid. Only right is okay. the airplanes. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. they tell you all the time: put the oxygen on you first, then your kid. And I hear mothers literally on the plane say, "Now you know a real mother would never do that." And I always reply. She should, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> what's going to happen? Order. Your kid's going to be breathing and you're going to be dead. And then there's no guidance. Yeah, then there's, that's there's right. no That's wisdom. what I'm saying. There's exactly. No, yeah, so <clears throat> it's out of order. The truth is, and everybody's gotten it out of order. That's why it's so important that we're doing this. No, the mental health of the teachers mm -hmm. so what are some things the classroom. That, what are some things that could be done like like some actual practical things does it start with like teachers being 
allowed to set their own boundaries in their classroom or having the protection of like the administration of the school? Like what are some things that will help the teacher's mental health? Well, I can tell you after kind of falling on deaf ears, I can tell you some practical things that I've done that's been effective. So again, on the collegiate level, you do have a little bit more freedom, right? Mm -hmm. So I do want full disclaimer with that, but I've incorporated what's called mental health days. And what I do is I give the student an assignment and it's usually something simple. I'm in Chicago. So if it's a snow day, perhaps, right, I'll say to them, you don't have to come into class today. You're responsible, though, to take a mental health day. And all I want you to do is take a picture of what you decided to do. If it was to kick up on your porch, play in the snow and simply tell me how it refreshed you. That's it. And what it allows is for me to take one, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? It also brings awareness right? to them of the whole Absolutely. entire concept, of like Absolutely. rejuvenating and reflecting. I do movie days. And I've, I've been fortunate enough to get those approved every time from my dean where we meet. If class meets, let's say, on Tuesdays at 9 a.m., we meet as a class at the movie theater and it's something like, like right now I would probably take them to see something, um, maybe woman King, right. And, and do, um, a journal piece off of that. Right. Um, I did black Panther and I take class after class, however many I need to take, but we'll meet at the movie theater. And I always allow them, you can bring one guest and that is in lieu of class and whatever assignment comes with it. My biggest project has become where I do a Chicago day and I list um, four to five different places from Millennial Park to Maggie Daly Park, the Riverwalk, and they are instructed to go. I give them two weeks to complete this assignment and it is called Chicago days with family and friends. You have to go with somebody and just enjoy the day. That's mostly done in the spring for obvious reasons, right? <laughs> um, but they're allowed to do it. They get two weeks. And what they have to do is create a video from it, right? And then simply narrate it. And that allows for us to kind of... Um, still meet the requirements right of the course because we come back and do a, a journal of it but also get them out the classroom exposure is key and when you have students who you have students here who are like I've never been downtown Chicago so you're able to meet that demand you're able to open their minds expose their dreams get them out the classroom and again it gives you then the freedom to move around a little bit in your mind, right? Whether that's catching up on grace or just taking a breather because ultimately you've got to get the classroom well. There has to be classroom wellness for everybody to thrive that semester. And that really does entail taking the shackles off. Some of this has to give. You can't ask them to write 20 page papers when they don't even listen 20 minutes in class. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta figure this thing out differently. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. the days of old are gone. They're gone because you're dealing with a whole different population now. And so you have to meet them now. You know, I, I, I work to do different assignments. Like, for instance, I might give 
you, Brandy, the topic of love. But the assignment is you must present it to the class in the most untraditional way, right? So now use your social media skills, your expert, you know, and find something that does that. And I will tell you, in my career, I just started this maybe about three semesters ago, and I had a student who got love. He presented, because you also have to connect it to your personal life, right? Again, we're trying to still meet the commands of, um, the writing and meeting the board requirements. And so you have to connect it to your life and write about it. He wrote about a child being dropped off in foster care mm. and that those parents obviously loved him enough to want him to have a good life. He connected it to himself and talked about his parents being drug addicts and how he too was adopted. Mm. And see, those create more meaningful topics because let me ask you, what assignment will we have given and found that out? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I couldn't even to read Lord of the Flies um, or of mice yeah. and men. Mm-hmm. No, 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 of mice and men. Yeah. Well, and it gets people to. I think that I guess part of it too is everybody's so social media and selfish and self-centered and whatever. Mm-hmm. That when you do that, do they read that stuff out loud in class, or do they? You have. You have the, I, I, that's another thing for us to be so social media, right? Yeah. We also have a generation now that doesn't want to speak in public. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. just discovered, I rarely get students to drop, but I had like two girls who were passing, I mean, like 98.7 and I passed them in the hallway, like, did you drop my class? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. And she blatantly told me, Michelle, I can't talk in public. I'm like, huh? <laughs> And from the moment she said that, it started getting worse and worse. I'm telling you, they're on their phones and it has created a whole generation that doesn't like to communicate. So basically, are you encouraging um, like part of this is like encouraging teachers to Mm -hmm. and it's going to take their own journey of self-discovery and they Mm -hmm. need to probably get in their own therapy and then Mm -hmm. just be like, how can I it just take take look at their class so that's there that semester and then mm-hmm. see what they can do like you have a bunch of people who they don't have interpersonal communication skills cuz they're always mm-hmm. on their phone they speak in social media so having them talk to each other these all of these ideas that you had for your class are all great so you're basically just trying to get teachers to to start thinking about that like it's like it's like yeah it is it's like whole wellness yeah. it's like a whole approach not just just... Oh, well, I'm trying to get teachers to a space that they too can take a breather yeah. without being worried about losing their livelihood, yeah. getting these complaints and, you know, just really being chipped away at their spirit. Because I'm telling you, if the teacher loses their spirit, the class has absolutely shut down. We need to, or we, we, I say we, we need to. <laughs> the, the Yeah, the classrooms need to be, a, I mean, I hate to use this phrase, but a safe space for teachers. It's almost mm-hmm. like you're, the wellness is a safe space within this circle, in this classroom. You're yeah. the boss. We're mm-hmm. all part of this circle and we're talking mm-hmm. to each other. And if somebody's offended then be offended. I think mm-hmm. that part of the, one of the things that I felt doing stand-up in colleges and that we experience in social media and that we're all mental health-wise losing our minds mm-hmm. is, if you're offended, okay, mm-hmm. so what? Let, I'm offended, you're offended. <laughs> yeah. 
And I'm offended, you're offended. You know what I mean? Like, just because you're offended mm-hmm. doesn't make you right. You're not entitled to it. There's there's debate, there's conversation, there's interpersonal talking, there's mm-hmm. nobody owns you, nobody runs you. It's like we've I feel like what you're creating or could create in these classrooms is finally a space for this conversation that the hard conversations that nobody mm-hmm. wants to have because everybody's afraid to be offended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote everybody's and- afraid to not only be offended, but listen, now you have where the teacher is afraid to offend. Exactly. Right. I wrote I wrote down <laughs> when I was like we were preparing this, I wrote down like, is it a thing or particularly not in 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 colleges, but in, you know, like high schools and mm-hmm. is it a thing that like becomes like a government regulation where then it's like it's like these these things are required and yet and then confidential Mm. because that's what a safe space is you want to be like don't tell anyone or i don't get me in trouble (laughs) but that's Mm -hmm. because you're always crossing your fingers like great i'm gonna do this and hopefully one student doesn't just go get me busted and now i'm gonna get yelled at or i'm gonna get fired or whatever it's Mm -hmm. like you want it to be set out where it is a safe space and regardless of what anything makes anyone feel like learning is learning they're facts it's like you said well that's the thing i thought learning was to know all of the gamuts Mm -hmm. about this topic this subject like in the incident that i'm talking about that like i said personally happened to me the issue was for me i couldn't figure out why can't we turn this into a teachable moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying that, like, teach me. I, I, I've never had a class be offended before. So teach me what the issue is. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing. There was a lot of tears. Ugh. And then, look, when you go check on them, like, hey, you're okay, then that's the problem, right? You're like, well, they felt like you followed them. So oh we need oh to God. just stay in the room. I'm telling you guys, this is Awful. a real, like, I should have had y'all on speed dial when it happened. I'd have felt better about it. Because you the should have called us for is, sure. I'm telling you, I should have, because again, when your calling is to teach, you have to know, thank God enough time has passed and certainly my spirit has been restored that we can laugh about it. But I want to be very honest with you guys. It broke me down for a I'm while. Sure. Like, sure. What? And why can't you teach it and involve that person with their whatever with the rest of the class? Like this is like teach everybody. It's a teachable moment for everyone. Right. This could be offensive or this problematic for some people mm-hmm. or hurtful or whatever. It's like you're not just going to take away. I always remember what's that guy's name? That general guy. That was like one of my favorite. General Mattis? No, no, hell no. Um, he he's they talked about critical race theory. Oh, Jed. He's like that big guy. Oh no no oh Austin. And he was like, no, nope. whatever. He, they talked about critical race theory. And he sat in front of Congress and was like, um, it's not Lloyd Austin. And he was like, well, it's, yeah, I think not, not just in terms oh, I know of you're about. why it's, it's critical race theory. We should all learn it. Not even just whether it's good or bad. Just simply, we learn about all the theories. <laughs> it's right. called the theory. And we don't keep we theories away. The yeah. Theory. It's like, what the fuck? Like, when did we stop? Why are we taking away theories just to learn about? All it is yep. is a classroom. Yep. Nobody's indoctrinating you into some religion of these theories. It's yep. like, right. it's just right. beyond. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Your ears can't hear after. that. Yes. That's, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. That's 
so that's rich, as I would say. That's good and rich. Yeah, yeah. I've been saying yeah. lately that's strong. And honestly, strong. and I do think, speaking of men, and what do we, you know, listen, we know nothing. We are, but just from what, from what you're saying <clears throat> and your experience and everything that we're just talking about, it just mm-hmm. seems that pe- the, the, the pandering to the student in their being offended only makes their mental health worse. So wouldn't it be more healthy for everyone to explore your feelings rather than shut it down to the point where now you've got a gun and you're shooting everybody? Like, No, they'll tell you that, you know, remember, we're not counselors. And after a certain point, you know, we don't need to discuss this and the the reason that's always been quite comical to me is because you say that but you send us all these students you know and it's <laughs> yeah, like right. yeah you know, but yeah no they don't want i'm telling you my exact words i do a lot of things but lies not one of them <laughs> and my exact words were i don't understand why this can't be a teachable moment tell me what offended you because I know that that will happen in education as a young black woman. Many Mm. times I've been the only one in the room. I said this to my students, the only one in the room and I had to take it, but I took it because I wanted to understand it. That way I go equipped in my next fight. Tell me. No, no. And I think that's making us all sick. I do. I I do. I do believe that part of the, the, the mental health problems that we're all going through is because of exactly what you're saying. And in a classroom, it just becomes mm-hmm. double. And for the teacher, it becomes triple because now you're, mm-hmm. you're stunted. You're, you're, you're disrespected. You're pandering. You're there's no, it's not real. It's not true. It's not, yeah. it's not that life. And this, it's not education. I, I do think not- it's, I think it's spreading out. I think it, it's starting in the schools. And even though we don't have kids, I can feel that it's just spreading out. Like it's affecting, it it's affecting it's everyone. It's a cancer. It's yeah. a cancer. It's like- Yes. Yes. That's why I'm telling you all, listen, wrap your brain around this. You can't imagine a scenario where teachers would leave. You all grew up around the same time as me. You know that teachers were leaving because they were retiring. They easily did 30, 40 years. You're not getting that anymore. Mm, That is sad. That's sad. Shalita, before we let you go, because I know you yes, probably please. are late for something. You're like, why is this so long? Like, when are these bitches going to get off the phone? Um, what are you going to run for office? Like, mm. you what? you seem like that mm-hmm. perfect to start at wherever, mm-hmm. whether it be a school board or city council, yep. or I mean, you're right there where the Obamas were. I hope that's on your <laughs> Chicago tour. I'll be yeah, lurking yes. right by their house. <laughs> And get arrested. Yeah. (laughs) Is this something you've considered? Because otherwise, I don't know. I mean, you know, we, yeah, it's, it just seems so perfect. There's no, I don't know how to fix. We don't know how to fix anything other than that. Just trying to fix it from the inside out. Yeah. I'm not running for office. (laughs) You know, nothing, you know, unless the Lord comes and says to me, you should. Because it would take somebody big like that, right? Uh, him or the queen or somebody. 
But just someone big, <laughs> someone big like the Lord. Beyond the grave, it has to be like that, you know. So it's majestic, you right? Right. Um, that's not the plan. But like I said to you guys, um earlier my goal during this sabbatical it really took this term my I started out like everybody else right like oh we've got to help the students I can see the dim light in their eyes I've been there differently you know what I mean but enough where I could recognize it but the more I started talking and touring and going to these places and I'll tell you exactly when it happened I was in Atlanta talking to um the mayor emeritus Shirley Franklin and I said to her hey um I just wanted to ask you when it comes to like these purpose-built communities because Brian Stevenson had introduced me to the purpose-built community schools and I said I just wanted to know um you guys have everything in place for the students what do you guys have and I had my pen ready to write what do you guys have in place for the teachers (laughs) and she said oh um Mm. I'll tell you who can answer that. I don't actually know. And it hit me then like, "Mm -mm." I mean, it was like a red flashing light because out of of all the conversations, I knew as brilliant as she is, if she didn't have an answer, that answer was going to like be discovered. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, the answer didn't exist. No one had asked in the <laughs> whole pur- in the whole purpose-driven community. And that's so sad. That like made my heart feel so sad. Like they didn't care they didn't think about the teachers, man. No. That's like mm. Well, what are that's we going to do? Quite what I was- <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. It didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. got it. I mean <laughs> So what are we, what can we do? What can anyone listening do? What is the first step, particularly for (laughs) teachers as a teacher, how we can help teachers? What can we start? What can we do? Do. We've got a lot of parents, people living. The first thing I'm asking is that you have some compassion for the teachers. Um, I've absolutely noticed that it's not just the students, but even parents are like, I emailed them today at 8 a.m. and I haven't heard back. (laughs) And you're like, okay, I'm asking that you have some compassion for your teachers. I'm also asking that you start to reignite or maybe revive the relationship that parents and teachers used to have. And they worked as a team for the ultimate goal of the student to be the best they can be. They didn't work against each other. They worked together. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking that that is your starting point. See, call your teacher, email the teacher and just tell them, hey, this is not a complaint nor a compliment. I'm simply asking, how can we work together to ensure that we get to the finish line with my child and any other? That is the first spot, because I'm telling you right now, the community has been built in a way that it seems like teachers are on one side and parents are now on the other. Yeah, I would definitely stress that even not being parents, we we we've we've caught ourselves in, in COVID being dicks about teachers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there is a thing of like, I, and also though, I have to say, I'm like this, check back out to the parents. Like, let's go back to like the eighties. <laughs> like, why are you involved when dads are down? Like, Oh, my son doesn't wear a mask. I'm like, since when are dads involved? Like go <laughs> play golf or whatever. Like go watch sports. Where did y'all come from? <laughs> Honestly, like go back to checking out. Let the par- let the yeah, teachers. Yeah, you don't do know it. how old I am, yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
and my mom too like i swear it's like i came home from school on my own i unlocked the door on my mm-hmm. own i was watching tv mm-hmm. like all these parents need to just check on back out like mm-hmm. go go watch some housewives and let the teacher just do teach. it yeah let the teacher teach and who cares who cares? Like her parents were like, what's yeah, on the curriculum? What's what are you studying? What are these books? Yep. I could guarantee my mom could probably not name one book. I mean, she's listening and mom with all said with all love, mom. Said with all love. We yeah. love you. I mean, yeah. I don't think she could name a, you know, she didn't know the curriculum. Of my mother F2. didn't know the curriculum. No, no. She no. just knew that I got C's. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Well, they are learning the curriculum <laughs> and fighting to ban books. No, yeah, it's too much. Let's that check out. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> It is too much. <laughs> fighting to ban books, fighting to not have them wear masks, talking about them being abused because they're wearing yeah. masks. My child is being this. My child is being that. And it's there is something I don't even it's a whole other conversation we can have. But there's certain there is something wrong with. Yeah, but everybody even based on what you just listed. Now, how do you fit in teaching subject verb agreement? I don't know. I know. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then when you come to the end of the year and your kid has a C. Mm. Yeah, you're making it. They're making it. They're, they're, it's like um, teaching with your hands tied, your mouth taped, your eyes shut. You're That's stuck good. in cement. To a mob. You're, to, yeah, to, to a mob, mob with a gun against your head yeah. who's <laughs> mad at you yeah. that you didn't teach yeah. the right thing. And you're like. Yeah. That's good. Horrendous. That's, that's rich. That's strong. <laughs> that's rich and strong. <laughs> now, and strong, yes. So after yes. you're saying people have t- empathy for the teachers, we mm-hmm. are re, we are re, and then also be on the teacher's team. We are just re, a.k.a. check out parents yep. a little mm-hmm. bit. Just check out a little bit. <laughs> get a, a life. Tru- have a little trust. Yeah, get a life for yourself. Have a little yeah. trust. Have a little have trust. A, have a yeah. little respect and have a little trust. Yeah. The world doesn't yeah, let's revolve. Let's start at a hundred versus yeah. at zero. Uh, yes. Let's start at a hundred, and you, you and I can decide if any points need to be deducted. Right. But don't start us at zero, and then we have to song and dance our way through. And then, no. is there anything else after that? <laughs> That they could do, people, everyday people. I mean, I think awareness, too, is That's key. That's great beginning. And just spreading yeah. out. Knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Just start. We will do it now. Mm-hmm. Like, in general, we're yeah. going to celebrate teachers, celebrate what they've been through, what they're up against. Yep. We've been trying to yes. make pe- school boards encourage people that listen, the 14 listeners, to go get on their school boards. That's a dangerous thing <laughs> yes. that they go do it. Yeah, well, it's a dangerous I- thing. But I will tell you, if you <laughs> ask me what's the next thing... I literally have to say, this is where all parties from the top to the bottom would need to get involved. When we're doing like those professional development days, listen to me. How about sometimes you let the teachers decide what they want to do? Let them do it, have it signed off, and they can turn it in. We don't need to come in and listen to PowerPoints all day. We do it for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't need to come in and have don't don't hire twenty thousand dollars because we we do that for a living, <laughs> right? Yeah. So how about on a professional development site, for instance, if you do a food giveaway, maybe at your church, or you teach a yoga class, those are things that. Let us be able to do those on professional development. Why? Because those things feed your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and the mind wherever the mind goes the body follows it's not the other way around that is so right and that renews the spirit let them start to do some of the a yoga class you mentioned therapy do you know there will be those who say i don't have time for therapy i'm doing this and then i have a family well on a professional development day you yeah the freedom to do that Yeah. yeah Absolutely. They can take a spa day, but mm-hmm. give them the freedom as long as they get it signed off and are able to connect how it, you know, was able to marry together mind, body and spirit. Start giving a little bit of freedom. Otherwise, the quiet quitting is going to quadruple. Shalita, tell our 14 listeners where they can find you. Also, we're, we're going to have to brainstorm what your segment is. Yeah. This is an official announcement to mm-hmm. the 14 listeners that yep. you will be having your own segment. Mm-hmm. Yes! We need to yes! hear from you. We will continue to not pay. Um, <laughs> yes! It will yes. be Let's pro bono. <laughs> we... <laughs> We're oh, just yes. like the un- the teachers' oh, the union. The reward has been better than you know. The reward has been better than you know. Um, you can absolutely you can um, SMS consults with an S dot com. You can absolutely log on there. I actually have um, a link to um, kind of my story with mental health, so you can see why it became so important for me to marry the two together. I didn't just jump in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my bio is also on there, and you can email me at Shaw8140, S-H-A-W-8140, at Comcast.net. Do you have a Twitter? I don't have a Twitter, but I do have Instagram, SMS Consulting, at SMS Consulting. You guys reach out to Shalita. I'm sure there's going to be people that just want to, like, Thank you, mm-hmm. you know, for everything you're doing. We we do have some sensitive um, listeners, despite um, how gross and toxic we are. <laughs> um, and I, I, we really want to truly like thank you for all that you've done. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. been truly enlightening, yes. and we're gonna we're gonna stay on it now. Okay, thank bye. you again. Bye. Thank you. Bye. bye. Be good. <laughs> you okay. too. Bye. Now it's time for so there's that. Right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans, the terrorist QAnon cunts, the calculated corporate climate killers, and the vindictive virtue signaling liberal losers. (laughs) We are all somewhere on that spectrum fighting for our side to win the battle of rights in America. And even though every week brings us closer and closer to a civil war, we have people like Shalita Shaw. And you, Meow Meow, who give us hope that maybe we won't have to go to war against our weird cousins and weird neighbors. Maybe you found a So There's That story that makes us possibly believe there's hope lurking somewhere. Maybe. Maybe. Well, this is the first So There's That I've written since the big move. (laughs) And I have to say my entire outlook is changing. Uh Uh-oh. Sort of. Waking up to a new dawn has been slowly making me feel more optimistic as I head straight into the downfall and end of my life. But, you know, I really do feel a sense of calm and that old feeling I used to get when I had hope and curiosity about the world. 
We've all been living through almost a decade now of shit show realness, literally to the point where Dancing with the Stars puts on actual criminals. We should get guns to protect our new house. I'm considering it. (laughs) The second Rudy Giuliani showed up on there, I truly felt the four horsemen of the apocalypse would be riding in soon after, and I wasn't wrong. Governors DeSantis, Governor Greg Abbott, Donald Trump, and Steve Bannon, I would argue, are those four horsemen. And I would even argue further, they somehow, just like we want to expand the Supreme Court so it reflects the diversity of this country and truly gives the law the deference, time, and understanding it deserves, so have they given greed, cruelty, selfishness, and every sort of obia and acism we can imagine a fighting chance to survive and thrive by adding even more horsemen to their cavalcade of shriveled ball sacks. So it's obia, like phobia, and acism, like racism. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm. And sexism. Which is an exism. Uh, right. Not uh, an Oh, you're right. <laughs> right. It's an ism. Any of the isms. And bias. And bias. And the bias. <laughs> now, the names are too numerous to go into, so let's just uh, agree to agree that... <laughs> <laughs> let's agree to agree, bitch. <laughs> let's agree to agree that there's a bunch of fucking apocalyptic horsemen ballsing around. These men seem to get away with everything they want. They can literally say the most disgusting egregious shit while yielding that actual power to oppress and hurt and change the course of actual people's lives without being accountable in any way. On the flip side, if you're a reality TV fan, then you know this is not the same for rich white women who are out of touch with the world and say stupid shit or are accused of enabling a full criminal while the world clutches their pearls, cancels them at every step of the way, and calls for their hanging and beheading. We sit and judge and watch the women like Martha Stewart. We send her to jail, call for the head of Kathy Hilton, while Ron DeSantis remains governor and doesn't get fired or canceled or anything. The disparity of power is sickening, and I can only hope at least the women of this country start really doing some shit. And I don't mean put on pussy hats and yell freedom into a microphone. Oh, my God. So embarrassing. Start start voting these people out or shut the fuck up. The women of Iran are literally in the streets getting raped and beaten because they cannot vote. But we can. And honestly, we should be ashamed of ourselves that we keep voting these people in and allowing them to remain. But that is not hopeful. No. What I'm saying. That is not a light at the end of the tunnel. I bring up Ron DeSantis because finally some people did get mad as hell and finally are doing something about it. Aside from taunting these assholes in bathrooms and showing up at their houses, which I'm not opposed to, this made me very happy. You may remember last month, Shit to Shitness sent a plane full of immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. I thought it was a bus. It was a plane. Oh. Martha's Vineyard is a small island on the coast of Massachusetts. If you don't know anything about Martha's Vineyard, it's a small, rich people's oasis, which is beautiful, expensive, and very white, I dare say. At least from what I know of, I've actually never been there. I always wanted to go. Well, Con Ron Ron Con met with his minions. And in my mind, they spun the they sort of spun the atlas and ended up on Massachusetts. And they were like, yes, let's send the immigrants to Boston. Well, they're just like, where are the most liberal dicks of all of the country? (laughs) A Boston bitch. Right. And then one guy went, no, boss, no, let's send them to Martha's Vineyard. (laughs) And they were like, oh, my God, that's such a good idea. Yes. So. Their plan 
was they're going to gather up a bunch of people who are looking to immigrate, but not just regular people who are immigrating, people looking for actual asylum. Venezuelan asylum seekers in particular. Asylum. And other people running from murderous regimes and shit. Or at the very least, let's say gay people and women who get killed for being alive. Well, the short of it is this. People working for DeSantis were trolling streets outside of a migrant shelter in Texas and other similar locales pretending to be good Samaritans offering humanitarian assistance. They offered people $10 McDonald's gift cards, free hotels, and they made false promises and false representations of employment, housing, and educational opportunities awaiting them in either Boston or D.C. They were also allegedly told they would receive assistance with their immigration proceedings at their final destination and were intentionally sequestered before their departure from Texas so they could not discuss the arrangement so that the migrants would be less likely to leave or change their minds. So basically, I just want to set this up because on the surface, in my opinion, it isn't bad to offer people a ride to any other state. But I just want to make it clear that they lied to them. They lied to them. And then they sequestered them and separated them because they know with mm, 30, approximately 30 to 45 seconds of conversation, (laughs) they would go, oh, shit. This is some bullshit. We're now stuck in the Scientology high rise because we were walking on the street and we did the fucking we squeezed the tin can. Yes. And we realized that we were a subversive person (laughs) and we needed to take niacin. And now we're trapped on the top floor of some tragic building in Hollywood. Never to escape and cleaning toilet toilets with toothbrushes. Yes. And we can't get out. And sides of buildings. Exactly. Not to mention, Ron DeSantis, you're in Florida. You're not even. It's just. So, okay. You're not in Texas. You're not even You're not Texas. in California. Exactly. You're, You're in not in Florida. Florida. Mind your fucking. Anyway, yes, but yes, he got yes. together with Governor Greg Abbott, who is in Texas, and that's why it was. it's yeah. about the two of them. And they fucking circle jerked and sucked each other off, and they yep. can go fucking bug on into the wilderness. Well, Ron DeSantis now has a formal lawsuit against him being brought by a man named Jason Pizzo, a Miami senator. He's suing DeSantis to stop all funding of because they're going to keep doing this. So and they're the using first... it to raise money. They're doing exactly what Donald Trump yes. did with the bullshit wall where they're right. getting all these fucking white <clears throat> grievance, tiny dick MAGA assholes mm-hmm. to send their Social Security checks in. Yep. And, and so basically they're taking if they get a million dollars, which they're getting much more than that, let's say they get a hundred million dollars. They're taking 2 million to distribute $10 McDonald's cards and a fucking ride to Martha's vineyard. And they're keeping the rest. It's beyond, um, it's a racket. So they're this fucking, it's, yeah, criminals, it's disgusting. Con artists, yep. corrupt yep. dicks. Yep. So this Miami Senator sued, is suing DeSantis to stop him from getting funding. That's just one thing. Within the same day, a Boston-based law firm is filing a class action on behalf of the immigrants flown to Martha's Vineyard. And this is, for me, where the good shit lies. Now, as we just said, they were lied to on every level. Do you know from your research if a group of people takes a class action lawsuit against someone like the governor of Florida or the governor of Texas, is that technically a class action against the state of Florida, the state of Texas, or those people individually? That's a good question. Or their campaign funds. I think it's got to be against whatever the... From my research, they are hitting up the money that he used. So, like, the, the, so the, the donated money. it won't money be his the, private personal the money. campaign funds. And like, it's not just campaign funds. It's, the, it's COVID relief money as well. Okay? He used federal 
funding, which is also what it, why it's so egregious. So I won't go into the nitty gritty of it all, but basically this law firm is taking all of those people name by name and they are in a class action suing him for $75,000 each. Oh my and God, it's that's fucking so amazing. Great. That's amazing. The plaintiffs include three Venezuelan migrants who boarded the planes to Martha's Vineyard along with their family members. It, it, it's how genius is that? You come here, you've sought asylum, you got on the bus, you got the $10 gift card. And now you're like 75 G's, bitch. Get no. my house moving. <laughs> yeah. um, they can move North Carolina, South Carolina, They can Carolina, stay in Martha's Vineyard if they want. Anywhere. They probably couldn't afford that. <laughs> but that's a very expensive douche that, place to That's live. true. But they can, with 75,000, they can set themselves up in so many great places in America. Uh, yeah, exactly. Not places we'd want to live, but places they'd like to live. Well, and, and I will get to, yeah, exactly. So, uh, I just would would like to I'm just going to read you this quote of um, the basic accusation, which are which are these immigrants who are pursuing the proper channels for lawful immigration status in the United States experience cruelty akin to what they fled in their home country. Defendants manipulated them, stripped them of their dignity, deprived them of their liberty, bodily autonomy, due process, and equal protection under the law, and impermissibly interfered with the federal government's exclusive control over immigration in furtherance of an unlawful goal and a personal political agenda. Paloop, go fuck yourself. So my hope is they win. We're talking about 25 people. They're asking for, like I said, 75 grand each. Regardless, this is great news. Makes me feel like people are actually fighting. We obviously know there is an immigration crisis. And I do want to say, much like abortion, where we sit and we don't, I don't want to pretend it's not killing something. Let, we got to lean in. There is an immigration crisis. It's all over the world. We're overpopulated. There, and these shithole countries where people are fleeing from wouldn't be shithole countries if they weren't run by despot, power-mongering, authoritarian shithole men. But they are, and here we are. We've talked about before spreading out the immigration across this country, and it's not a bad idea with people's consent and regulations and programs. What DeSantis did is human trafficking, and he's got to motherfucking go. Martha's Vineyard, a tiny island, stepped up to the plate, and I highly recommend you guys Google this woman named Rachel Self. She gave a press conference, and it's fucking gene balls the way she describes what happened and what they're doing. She's a fucking Boston accent. And she's like, we're going to take care of everyone here. You're not going to fucking do this. We're totally going <laughs> to. It's just great. She's fucking awesome. I, we should get her on the podcast. It's so great. And I'm so proud of this dude in Miami who's suing him and all of these people. And I hope they get their money. The evidence is overwhelming and incontrovertible. And if they do win, they will go for Greg Abbott next. I'm surprised they're not going for him now because you know he's on the chopping block who did the same fucking thing. The days and nights of these men doing whatever they want, whenever they want, with all of our money is coming to an end, I hope. I am definitely going to watch this case and we will be triumphant. And it is a new dawn and it is a new day. And hey, live podcast, Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> Why not? So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dem Gay Pow Team. Thank you guys for listening. We love you all so much. And we are so grateful for all 14 of you. 
Thank you for listening to the very end. We know this was a long episode. We're back after yeah. two weeks. Yeah. We ask that you please, dear our Lord Jesus Christ, would you Father please Lord. consider joining our <laughs> Patreon podcast if you haven't yet? It's $1 for one podcast a week and $2 for two podcasts a week. There's no politics, no ads. There's no structure. There's no segments. There's nothing. There's no stress. <laughs> and best of all, the best part, the entire top of the line best part about our Patreon podcasts, we don't pressure you to join the Patreon. <laughs> There's not the ad nauseum hard sell of the Patreon. There's none of that. We're just drunk and fucking talking. And if nothing else, you'll be distracted from your own life thinking about how annoying and problematic and insufferable we are. We post two separate hour-long podcasts every week. And if you want to hear one, there's a link to a free episode of our Patreon podcast in the description of this episode. Or you can go to our website, julianbrandy.com, and there's a button on the bottom of every page that says, click to listen to a free episode of our Patreon podcast. If you <laughs> like it and you decide to join... You can import our Patreon podcast into whatever app you're listening to this podcast on, like Apple Podcasts or Google or whatever. Or you can listen to them right there on Patreon.com, where you can like and comment on the episodes. And on Patreon.com, you can also message Brandy and me privately and correspond with other members of our Patreon family. But you got to join if you want to be part of our group. Our group. And by the way, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving us a review. If you've already left us a review, please consider taking someone you know's phone and leaving a <laughs> review on there. A lot of times those people don't even listen to podcasts at all and they won't care what you say. We are at 2,265 total wow. reviews right now. Damn. And we would like to get to 2,300 by 2,023. These are tiny goals Ugh. that we set that are meaningless and arbitrary, but that's just what we do. It's basically four months for 14 people to leave 60 reviews. Come on. I know we can do that. We read them all. We want you to know. And we really appreciate everyone who has taken the time to leave one. Like D.D. Ferre. What do you think that is? D.D. Ferre? D.D. Ferre. D.D. Ferre. Like D.D. Ferre, who wrote, Where are you two? I'm concerned. <laughs> two weeks with no new shows? Now, Didi is clearly not a Patreon subscriber, or they would know the inside scoop, right, Mama? Because yep. we definitely told the Patreon. Well, yeah, yep, the children knew. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the perks of subscribing to our Patreon podcast. Um, <laughs> also, not for nothing, in the new drug den, there might be some new fun things that we're going to do. You know what I mean? Just say, okay. not for nothing. I also loved. Not for nothing. I also love the review by Nikki Lee OC, who wrote, "I freaking love dumb gay politics." I studied public policy in college and worked on political campaigns and in political offices, and I still don't understand half of it. Thank you for making politics comprehensible to the masses. Wow. Wow. right? I love that. I knew you'd love that. God damn. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And the stunning. Stunning. Shalita. Stunning. Stunning. Shaw. Stunning. Lover. Stunning. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime, because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. 
Don't judge a book by its cover I'm not much of a man by the light of day But by night I'm one hell of a lover I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme And maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty groovy Or if you want something visual That's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite? Right. I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man With blonde hair and a tan And he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom.